Welcome to another episode of Between Lewis and Lovecraft. Thank you so much for checking us out. This show is all about learning more about the authors that have inspired us and diving into the stories that they not only created, but lived as well. So join myself, Tyler Clausen, and my co-host, Hannah Ray Lambert, as we explore the worlds that live just out of reach. Getting a cupcake from the cupcake thing, because we're in the studio, and this is an emergency recording of Between Lewis and Lovecraft. On Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. we don't sport, so we're talking about books. books. <laughs> Welcome to Between Lewis and Lovecraft. I'm Tyler Clausen. I'm Hannah Ray Lambert. And you're in the studio with us. You are. Do you like that intro? That was a pretty that good That is, intro. in the studio with Between Lewis and Lovecraft. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Between Lewis and Lovecraft. As you heard in my terrible, terrible getting a cupcake song, this is an emergency episode. Because some stuff has gone down, and we almost didn't have an episode for this week. <laughs> Not bad stuff, guys. Just stuff. Actually, the opposite. Really good stuff has happened, but something that kind of caught us off guard. <laughs> so, uh, I'll just give them a little teaser. We recorded a collab yesterday that we're really excited about, but with their schedule, the other podcast is releasing in like a week and a half. Yeah. We thought we were going to release it tomorrow on our normal schedule. Yeah. <laughs> so Tyler just got this look on his face and he was like, well, how do you feel about coming into the studio tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going to be here anyway. So let's just do something. And this idea for an episode is one that we had for later on. on if I say later on in the year, it makes it sound like it's like. It was later this Ugh. month. <laughs> but yeah, it's basically later this month. Um, we were going to do it for other reasons, but we thought this is a chill ass episode. And um, so it works for us to just kind of hang out and talk about this a little bit more conversationally, a little less uh, like this is the homework that we had yeah, to do. Right? <laughs> we um, did no preparation for this whatsoever. I'm eating a cupcake now. <laughs> That's how chill this is. You're smacking a little bit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hannah, what are we doing? We are talking about our favorite book to movie adaptations. adaptations. I'm you like, what's the word? That the word? <laughs> nope, couldn't think of it. <laughs> no, favorite book to movie adaptations. Because, uh, you know, we like books, we like movies. And every once in a while, the director will get it right. Sometimes, and not right necessarily in that every page is a scene in the movie, but right. in that they hit the tone right. They hit, they hit the theme right. They, they got what the author was putting down in the book, picked it up, and threw it on a screen. <laughs> I, I'm on fire you today. You are on fire. This is great. <laughs> we should always be this chill. We should. So, so do you, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you've been well. hanging out with me way too much. You know how to segue too well. Right. Um, do you think we should do it like alternating, like Christmas style? Like everyone takes a turn opening the the gift. Yeah, and let's do it. let's do it alternating. We we both chose our top three, and then I saw that Tyler chose some uh, honorable mentions, so yeah. I did some too. So we'll, I'll probably I'll probably do my first two that are actuals, mm-hmm. and then I'll probably do my honorable mentions, and then I'll save my last one. You know, like that's how they usually do it in like all the YouTube shows that I watch. Oh, oh like, okay, yeah, top yeah. Fifteen scariest places on earth, and then they do all like they do like fourteen of them, and then they're like, "Here are some honorable honorable mentions, so that you don't blow up our comment section with how dare you not do this." <laughs> okay. Yeah, you cool yeah, with that I, format? I'm cool with that format. So, guys, we're... listen. You are listening to like us. We have had no prep. On no this. prep. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna do one and two. Yeah. Well, I'll do one. You do one. You do one. I'll do two. You do two. Then we'll do honorable mentions. Okay. Got it. I can live with this. Everybody, get ready, because you know what? I'm gonna save. Actually, I'm gonna save my second one as my as my last. That's your your yeah. last. Okay. So my first one, which has already gotten me <laughs> yelled at by Hannah. I didn't yell. I know what you're... I what rolled you're. my eyes. <laughs> I don't need your older sibling uh, energy thrown at me, all right? Yikes. Uh, 
series of unfortunate events. The movie, though, not the Netflix specifically. Why are you rolling your eyes so much? Holy no. cow. Make your case. Well, so I almost actually did this. If uh, if listeners are familiar, we did an episode on uh, middle school books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost did series of unfortunate events as that uh, or one of the series I wanted to do. I, I decided to go with the wizard, the Merlin one, just because that one really hit home with me a little bit more than this did. I read the first three books and then I kind of gave up, but I liked the bu- books a lot. And then the movie came out almost immediately after I read the books. And for a very long time, that was my favorite movie. Really? Yeah, it was. I know you said you don't like Jim Carrey. I hate Jim Carrey with a passion. Why, though? I, Let's talk about his, that. His face is annoying. His did you, I can't stand him. Did, was it because of The Grinch? I, I don't think I ever watched The Grinch. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Don't. No, I won't. The animated one is good, though. The new one. Oh, I haven't seen that one either. With Benedict Cumberbatch as the Grinch. Oh, I remember that being a thing. It's a a good one. I liked it a lot. Okay, maybe I'll do it. Yeah, but not the Jim Carrey one. Don't go see that. That's BS. I will never watch it. You're really passionate about that, actually. Yeah. Because I can be... I can be... I can... What's the word? Logical, uh, impartial. I can be oh, yeah, reasonable yeah. with understanding what actors do. And for me, just because I don't like an actor in one role doesn't mean that I don't like that actor, unless it's for more like personal <laughs> reasons, you know. And even then, I might not like an actor, but I like an actor's role in a specific movie if it's done right. Like I don't really like Russell Crowe. Gladiator is one of the greatest movies ever, though. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Lemez, fucking the worst. So awful. Wait, the whole thing or just Russell Crowe? <laughs> the whole thing, but what? more specifically, Russell Crowe was awful. I've only seen it once, so I'm not a super fan, but yeah. I thought Lame Is was fine. Really? Yeah. But we're talking about series of unfortunate <laughs> events, okay? Because I liked it so much. I thought it hit a really good tone. I thought it hit the same tone that the books gave off. Um, I liked... Um, I don't know. I just liked everything about it. I, I thought Jim Carrey did such a good job with being kooky and evil and funny and scary all at the same time. Something that I haven't gotten from the Neil Patrick Harris version of the same character. I feel like the Neil Patrick... And again, I, I only watched... I watched maybe the first six episodes of the of the Netflix show and I was like, eh, I've seen this. You I've have seen, it all seen right. this. And I, and I don't care. Like, I like this other version more. I liked how they they wrapped up a lot of the stuff. They kind of did this thing where they took the first... Three books, right? The, well, they took the first book and cut off the end. And then they took the... They smushed the two next books into it and then put that end back on the end. Oh. And I liked that format. I thought it had a lot more... <sighs> finality to it okay um do you think did the did the producers think they were gonna do all of the books eventually i don't even i don't even know i think that there was they definitely in the movie left it open for the possibility to do more but even then if you watch it and you don't know that there's an entire 14 book series Mm -hmm. it feels like yeah this this has its own story. It's done, you know, and it sucks. It's not a great ending, <laughs> but the whole story is series of unfortunate events. And they they put you on guard for that from the get-go, from the stupid little beginning cartoon that they do, and then they interrupt it, and they're like, look, this is not going to be happy. <laughs> this is not a good story. Um, so I think what I like about it is that they – the tone of it is what I really enjoyed. Um, so I, I liked it a lot. Like, a lot. <laughs> a lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And outside of Jim Carrey, did you ever see it? Did you ever watch it? Yeah, I watched it. I didn't like it for a lot of reasons. I felt like um, I didn't think they made Count Olaf creepy enough. Really? Like, in the books. Oh, um, oh okay. Well, in the in the books, he was really creepy. And just having... And I don't really like uh, Neil Patrick Harris as him either, because I'm like, Neil Patrick Harris is, like, adorable. 
He can't be scary. <laughs> I agree. So, I don't know. I, don't I like know. him way too much. <laughs> right? He's too likable. And Jim Carrey's too funny to be this despicable person. So, I don't know. I probably would have liked it more if it was an animated, super depressing Ooh, yeah. Series. Like a Tim Burton like, type? Like a Coraline type style or something. Yeah. I think that would have made, made me like it more. I don't know. Yeah. I could see it working really well like that. I think honestly. it would too because the books had those like great... The cover the art and stuff, yeah. yeah. Not animation, the illustrations. The illustrations, yeah. So no, I I agree. I think it could have been better. Yeah. If it was like a Coraline style thing. Yeah, it just it. I don't think either of the. What's versions the name were of the company that did that? Leica. 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 Come on, guys. A local local studio. Portland company. Do it, guys. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna tag you in our Instagram now just to try and get you to listen to our show. <laughs> yeah, we need a third uh, version of series of unfortunate <laughs> events. <laughs> just do it better, man. Just do it better, just do and better. nobody will remember the others. <laughs> right. All right. So, uh, are, are you done? With I'm that? done. Yeah. Let's let's move on. So my number one, my favorite movie trilogy you're going with ever. favorite i'm going with you're favorite. not leading up like i'm leading up oh you're going okay i'll do mine in reverse order then okay you... <laughs> rewind <laughs> so I now guess... they're all excited like what's hannah's favorite <laughs> right? oh, depressed. so number three then on mine number is, three right is <laughs> actually not a movie oh. but the hbo miniseries of the novel Sharp Objects yeah. by my girl, Miss Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> my girl. <laughs> my girl. <laughs> um, I, you didn't see the HBO series, did no. you? Um, I barely I barely made it through the first chapter of that Of book. this book, yeah. yeah. So I loved the book, and I think I was reading it simultaneously while watching the HBO show. Really? Yeah. Uh, her her books are the only ones that I've like seen the movies and shows first on all of them, awkwardly. Um, but I love the book Sharp Objects. It's super, super dark and depressing. Which, uh, again, another callback. If, you, if you've been listening to our show, our third, technically, fifth episode yes. um, was on Gillian Flynn, mm-hmm. Gillian Flynn. I will never be confident with her first name. I think Mrs. it's Jillian. Flynn. <laughs> Mrs. Flynn. Um, where we, because she is your favorite author. She's one of my favorite authors. Yeah, she and she writes Gone Girl. If if you haven't mm-hmm. heard of her before, Gone Girl, um, Dark Places, Sharp Objects. Yeah, lots of mysteries, thrillers. Yeah, yeah. fucked up people. Yeah, that's more her genre. Fucked up people. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we did do a whole episode. If you want to get to know that story a little bit more and kind of get into that char- that author, please go check out that episode. Definitely. Um, so the I, we didn't talk too much about the actual stories on, on that episode. So Sharp Objects, um, the HBO miniseries stars Amy Adams, who's an amazing actress. Um, and I just think the the miniseries captured the tone of the book really well. Yeah. It had a lot of that like an overbearing like Southern feel. Um, it really captured the the family dynamics and the drama there. Yeah. Um, and I liked having the having it split it up into lots of episodes. I think a few of them toward the middle got a little drawn out and they added some extra scenes. Yeah. Um, so it could have been like a couple episodes shorter, but overall I thought they perfectly captured the tone of the story. Yeah. Um, and the, the casting was just phenomenal. Yeah. Nice. I just watched Amy Adams in Talladega Nights. Probably not the same role. <laughs> very, very different moods. She's, she's and then in the office. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, a, she started out so happy, and now she's just like a compulsive cutter whose family is full of murderers. Yeah, is that is that the jump that she made? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> did, you did great in Talladega Nights, so uh, <laughs> let's have you cut yourself, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> I I would love to be in that pitch meeting. Yeah. Oh man, so I don't know anything about it at all. I just remember the first, uh, yeah, the first, the first chapter. chapter, and it ends so weird, like so I mean, randomly sexual that I'm like, "What the fuck just happened?" I could, I mean, if you made it further into the the book, then there would be some other randomly sexual stuff really? that you'd go. It gets, yeah, uh, is that in what? the series? Do you see a lot of that stuff? Yeah, uh, yeah, in in the HBO series as well. Okay. <laughs> At one point, I was definitely like googling. I'm like, how old is the the main character supposed to be? <laughs> oh, really? Oh, all right. Yeah. Cool. Too old to be doing it with a high schooler. That's how. What? <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Damn. <laughs> Amy Adams, get it, girl. <laughs> 
<laughs> or don't. <laughs> Please don't. That's illegal and not right. Oh, man. All right. Uh, so for my number two, okay. I'm going to a series. Okay. Yeah. I'm jumping around there. Okay. Um, but I do have a particular within the series. So uh, we were just with our, our little uh, collab that we were doing. We were talking about some stuff and how they view books and movie adaptations. And they say that uh, Harry Potter is the prince of all movie adaptations. And I'm going to leave who the king is for you because that's... We'll get to that. Thank that's you. up there, right? That's yours? Yeah, okay. That's my number yeah. one. Um, <clears throat> so Harry Potter. The Harry Potter series, book to movie, for me, is something I go back to every single year to watch because I love it so damn much to the point where it got me to read the books. And as I read the books, I enjoyed the movies more mm. because it... Yes, there are certain things that change and there are certain things where you're you're it's like, oh, the book is always better. And it's like, yeah, because you can spend as much time as you want getting into the details and minuteness that you cannot do in movies. Eight hundred pages. Yeah. So like so yeah, the book is gonna be better because if you're interested in the characters, you get more character out of them. Um and and but what I liked about the process of watching the movies, I probably watched the movies like five or six times each before I started reading the, the books. Wow. Yeah. And I'm still on I'm on the fifth book. I haven't even finished the the, the series yet. Be- oh, yeah. No, it's weird how I can't finish right? the series when I got <laughs> a million freaking books to read for this podcast. Damn it. But the point being, like, as I'm watching the movies – or as I'm reading the books after watching the movies, things start to click. I start to see smaller, minute things within the movies and and understand their characters a lot more. And you just open yourself up to a world on top of which, honestly, I would suggest watching the movies first because you get to see the characters and kind of the whole Hogwarts world before you have to create it in your head. Not that, like... I don't know. There's certain things that that can go wrong with that. Like uh good old JK Rowling being her her uh, uh retconning self where they get a a black lady to play Hermione and she's like, "Yeah, I always thought she was black. I never said she's not black in the book." So, you know, yeah, she's black. And it's like, "Okay. All right. All right. Whatever. That's fine." If That's in the musical, right? Uh The Cursed Child. Is it oh. a musical? I didn't know it was a musical. I don't think it's a movie. It's a play. Yeah. It's You're a, right. Uh, but oh, I didn't yeah, know it was yeah. a musical. Sorry. No, it, it might just be a play. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's a thing, and, and that's fine. <laughs> but, like, so, in a sense, like, if someone reads the book, they can just just read the book, then they're like, yeah, Hermione's black, and that's how I see her in my head. That's totally fine. And in that sense, if you watch the movie first, that kind of ruins it because you're always going to see – um, what's her face? Oh, uh, Emma Watson. Yeah. So that can take away from it. But I, for me, it's a good jumping point where like when you're watching, when they're talking about the halls of Hogwarts and all these different spells that are being done, I can see it because I saw it on the movie first. And then the book takes those things and just expounds on it. Expa- expounds? Expands. Expands on it. Ugh. You were trying. I was trying to cast a spell. Expecto <laughs> patr- expoundus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know what that spell does. No <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, But you, you said that there was one particular movie that's yeah, your favorite, and, right? And it's because of the book, too. Not just the movie. The movie was my favorite out of all of them. And then the book as well, when I read it, just confirmed that. And it's Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm. When I watched that, I really liked the story. I liked that it had nothing to do with Voldemort. It's the only one where Voldemort doesn't make an appearance. Oh, my God. You're so right. Yep. I never thought of that before. Yep. Um, I love the the twist in it. Mm. It's not the biggest twist in the world. But what I love about it is that it, it shows some really cool character development um, where you see Snape dealing with some stuff at the end of the whole series. I like this twist more in Prisoners of Azkaban. Prisoner of Azkaban. Whoa. 
Yeah. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> and in the books, when you're especially like I did, I did I read all three of them back to back. The first three. The first three. I was like, oh, this is sick. I love it. And I read all three of them back to back to back. And you can see such a huge improvement in her writing in the third book. She goes from telling a story to to diving into characters mm. in the third book. And it's so much more well written as a book. And I think that's great. There's nothing against the first two books. I'm not saying that they're bad at all. I'm just saying you can see how she has gotten to know these characters. She knows where she's going with it. And she she's a better writer after what? It was probably four or five years of doing Harry Potter. And she comes out with the third one. I thought it was great. I thought it was really great. Growing up, The the Prisoner of Azkaban was always my favorite book. I would reread that more. Like, I, I read Harry Potter about once a year anyway. Do you? But I haven't done it the last year. Um, but I... I always read that one. I would read it like in one night, just over and over. I, w- I would stay up until three in the morning reading Prisoner of Azkaban. And I don't know that I was reading that much into it. Like, oh, her writing really got a lot better here. Like nine-year-old me was probably not that I was that reading it as a writer, it. though. So. Yeah. So di- different times in our lives. Um, Now my favorite's probably the last one. I always like the last book in the series now. Really? <laughs> yeah. I like having the, the one that wraps it all up. Mm. And as long as they do a good job. <clears throat> Sure. Which no, I, I, I agree. Yeah, if it's a good ending, then it can be <laughs> the best book in the series. And I think it's hard with a longer series like that, you know, where you have a full story being told. How do you pick which one stands out the most? Right. You know, with like I still to this gay, day, this gay that was weird. <laughs> uh, still to this day, get the Order of the Phoenix and. Um, Half-Blood Half Prince? Half-Blood Prince mixed up in my head. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, of course, I'm reading Order of the Phoenix right now. Um, oh, okay. So you're like getting it mixed up with the movie. Yeah. There are certain things that I'm like, wait, did that happen? Oh, wait, that's the wrong movie that I'm thinking of. Um, so I, I, with me, it's like that obviously shows that there's a little bit too much tonal similarities in them. After... Right after the fourth book, the fourth movie, I should say, I haven't, you know, after the fourth movie, dark as fuck. Oh, yeah. I mean, they they really dove into, like, this world is now no longer happy first two movies. It is dark, it is gritty, and some shit's going down. Yep. We are killing high schoolers now. (laughs) Yeah. And we're killing high schoolers. We're killing teachers. Nobody can trust anybody. The world is, is terrible. Um, whereas in the first two, it's like, hee hee, I am a wizard. I have powers. I'm a fucking, I'm a wizard, man. Look Take at my best that, friend. Dudley. Look at my girlfriend. Oh wait, she's not my girlfriend. She's my best friend's girlfriend. Whatever. Uh, well, my girlfriend's my best friend's sister. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Who really won? Yeah. So it's, it's. I like that's why I get them mixed up, and that's why I think I like Prisoner of Azkaban because it, it kind of towed that line of fun. While there's uh, a mystery and uh, kind of a terror behind the whole story mm-hmm. until the twist comes and you realize what what's really been going on. And I just I love it so much. I really do. Anything with family, anything where people can come back together, especially right now in my life, I'm I'm a sap for it. Nice. So it's uh, I think that's why that one stands out so much for me. Nice. Yeah. All right. All right. Hannah's number two. Number two. <laughs> so uh, also a series, albeit a shorter one. Uh, my my second favorite book to movie adaptation is The Hunger Games. The Hunger, the Hunger Games. Because I mean, these are this is one of my favorite book series ever. Like I'm I'm such a a nerd for that. Um, it just really gets at that anti government part of my heart, and I'm just <laughs> like, okay, yeah, let's burn it all down. <laughs> But yeah, so I I love the the books and I feel like the the film adaptations were a very good example of a movie just following 
the plot of the books and not trying to do anything weird or improve on it, which inevitably makes it worse. Um, I think when we had Megan, the owner of the book nook on, she was talking about how like they need to have a job in every film crew that's just someone following the the producers around with the book and slapping them over the head with it. I mean, like they whenever they do something different, I'm like, they had this person and that person in the first movie, at least maybe the later ones was the author, Suzanne Collins. Was she, she really she wrote, a part of it? She wrote the screenplay, at least for the first one, I think maybe for some of the other ones too. Um, But yeah, so I think that probably was a huge help in that. Um, I liked the casting a lot. Uh, I know some people aren't huge Jennifer Lawrence fans, but I thought she fit the character really well. Have you read the books at all? I read the first one and then I watched all the movies. Watched all the movies, yeah. I felt like they were really consistent too, even though they had some director changes and stuff in the movies. I felt like they all flowed very well. Um, Just I think they really captured the the world that Suzanne Collins built through the sets, through the scores, just all of the pacing and everything um, was really well done. And I liked the casting. Um, so, yeah, I, I felt like that was a good one where it there wasn't anything that made me mad as a reader. I wasn't like, this didn't freaking happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, OK, there's there is one change, though, in in the series. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I think I might be wrong. But I remember there was a discussion that Rebecca and I had where uh, Cedric. That's Harry Potter. Damn it. Do you mean Cinna? Nope. The dude of the trident. Oh, Finnick. Finnick. Thank you. You're right. <laughs> uh, Finnick. Also a um, British actor. <laughs> Suzanne Collins had talked about how she was unhappy with the fact that she had killed him off. And there was a lot of talk that she wasn't going to do so in the movies. But then they ended up doing it, right? Well, she shouldn't have killed him off in the damn book then if right. she didn't want him to. Yeah, he dies in, in everything. Right. And I, I think I remember it because it was down in the sewers or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I remember that. And I, rem- I remember being really interested in that because you hate Finnick so much at the beginning. Yeah, he's got that, like, asshole overconfident. Like, yeah. oh, I'm so hot. But then you find out like actually his life is shit and and you come to respect the decisions that he's made and his arc as a character and when he does die it's you can feel the loss in that world right i I could at least i don't know about no it made me very emotional i was like oh my gosh finnick i knew it was gonna happen sure and so it's sad because like yeah she regretted killing him off but i think that it it there's that phrase for all writers of, you know, kill your kill, kill your babies. And and I think that's true. But I, I think that people shouldn't do it just to kill characters off. Like, uh, I don't know, George R. R. Martin. But, <laughs> we need a higher body count for this book. <laughs> but like for her, she did it and they continue. They kept it in the movies um, because it was so impactful. Yeah. I mean, because he. He's an important character, one that audiences love, one that Katniss loves. So so killing him is, I feel like, really important yeah. for for her arc as well. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch it again. And and it might have gotten um, might have gotten lost. I didn't I didn't realize that there was a lot of love between them, like a lot of friendship between them, because Jennifer Lawrence did such a good job of not having emotions right? in the movie and people like got mad about that but i'm like yeah. no if you read the books like, like she she hates everybody she hates ev- <laughs> she just wants to be left alone she doesn't want to make friends she doesn't want to be a rebel yeah. she just wants to like survive and get back to her family and go out and kill squirrels for them was, to eat was that in the movie a lot that she and finnick were good friends or anything not really until the the last one because i think you know they were they had kind of parallel arcs in uh, mockingjay where like she was distraught over Peta being in the capital sure. Finnick was distraught over Annie being in the capital sure. and they were both kind of being toyed with by President Snow so I think that brought them closer together at yeah. the end of the story so then I think when you know they're so close well they don't know they're so close but when they're so close to the end losing him is just another gut punch yeah. and I think that got lost for me because there's so much of the love triangle bullshit <laughs> right like seriously if you want to lose me in a story within a page, introduce a love triangle. I think it's so much bullshit. It doesn't happen. 
unless you want it to happen in real life. Unless you're looking for that, you're you're not going to find it. People don't have that happen to them. Uh, mm. th- is your experience different? Have you had a love triangle? I've never been in a love triangle, but I feel like... Have you had I friends mean, in a love triangle? You know, no, not that I can think of. There's a difference but between a love triangle and an affair, too. Yeah, well, that's what I was trying to think of. I'm like, there's got to be love triangles because people cheat on people. Like, But I think that's different. That's that's a that's a, a usually a failing in one relationship, so you're finding it in another. Or you're just a terrible person and you don't fucking care about the other person in general. Um, a love triangle to me is more a real love relationship that you have for two different people for probably completely different reasons and you cannot make a difference you cannot choose between them and you see it all the fucking time in In especially especially in women literature ladies literature i was gonna say especially in young adult literature which makes more sense because i feel like the time you're gonna have a love triangle is when you're younger when you have like a lot of opposite gender friends sure that you're all hanging out with so like that's the only time i could see it realistically becoming a thing like i'm i'm not gonna fall into a love triangle right now that would be super weird like yeah. where would i even find two people <laughs> i don't even know two people i, can't even I get like one person like what um and i guess i guess i understand like you're a teenager you're a young adult you've got more hormones there's a lot of that lust and shit running around in you that's that's I, th- I feel like that's different, though. And maybe this is just my opinion, and that's totally fine. I agree that they are way overplayed, and yeah. particularly in young adult literature. I think the only thing that like is a redeeming quality... A, a redeem- I can't do the words today, either. <laughs> a redeeming quality about this particular love triangle is that Katniss like, isn't really a willing participant in it. Like mm. She's like... I, I just want to survive. Like, yeah, yeah. it's not about like, oh, Gail's cuter or like, <laughs> Peta can bake. Like, yeah, no, yeah. hers is just like, I just want to not fucking die. Yeah, and and I do get that. I think that that is a legitimate. Um, there's there's the love triangle, and then above that, at all times, is survival. And, I, I totally get that. And I then just, it ends because like Gail does the worst thing he could have possibly done. He just like takes himself out of the running. But I feel like that's there's always the cop out. I was gonna get to this one. The first thing I was going to say is the I think that it. what I was trying to get to is it doesn't exist in our reality for real. But because it's in so many books, Twilight, mm-hmm. Hunger Games, uh, I don't know. Those are the big <laughs> <two. laughs> And I'm too tired to really fucking care. But um, because of that, it's setting people up to look for it in real life or create Mm. it and thus we get kids that are like oh it's happening to the books I like so I need to have a love triangle (laughs) to have an exciting life and it's like no you don't just like one person it's okay you don't need whatever that's my thing on that and okay grandpa (laughs) (laughs) okay boomer um the uh what was the other thing you were oh I feel like there's always a cop out in every story where there's a love triangle, there's always a cop out. Where they don't have to make the they choice. They don't have to make the choice. In in this, Gail's a fucking asshole. So obviously she's going to stick around with the other guy who bakes bread and then <laughs> <laughs> carbs. And then, I mean, I would too. <laughs> and then you got um, like Twilight. There, there's The cop out is, oh, <laughs> Jacob was just in love with your daughter the whole time and he could sense your daughter through you. So he was in love with your ovaries. Like, yeah, what? like what? Oh no, don't make this okay. Like don't have the cop out that just because she chose someone else, he it's it's going to be okay for him. If it if this was real life, it would be messy. It would be hard. You'd have to make the hard decision. That is a way worse cop out. I just want to go on the record as saying then your best friend accidentally did something that resulted in your sister's death <laughs> like that's more emotionally complicated and realistic yeah i guess so. um but yeah so that was wow that was a long conversation that, on, we had feelings yeah i do i do like hunger games though. i do too. i it was in my mind because it was on uh mocking jay was on tv the other night nice yeah nice. all right so those are our, our bottom two for each right yeah so now let's do some honorable mentions okay do you want to do just all three of yours and i'll do all three of mine yeah uh it doesn't need a lot of explanations yeah. um my number my number one uh notable mention is it chapter one specifically of the new movies number two is a eh. 
the first one, It Chapter One, so good, was genre defining, um, game changing. I'm trying to think of cool tagline <laughs> things. Uh, it is revolutionary. Revolutionary. <laughs> it no, it was. It was really good. It had enough violence at the beginning to justify the lack of violence throughout, mm. and then and then just an absolute crazy amount of themes running through it and there's legit scary moments um i watched it probably five times i i wow. loved it never read the book though i haven't read the book either and that's I... why it's on my honorable mentions oh, I, okay i don't want to read the book because what i've read about the book i don't think i'd like it no and i haven't read the book either i i know it's got you know the the child orgy scene or whatever yeah and like, then like the bullies masturbating each other off yeah. and stuff and i'm like i think king is a very good writer i think he's got amazing ideas but the some of the things <laughs> he writes about i can't stand maybe it could have been 500 pages instead of 900 or yeah it's a ridiculously long book what editor read this book right and was like oh yeah that scene where all the kids have sex <laughs> we're de we de Let's go ahead and take out a different scene. You know, let's get it under a thousand. Can, yeah, yeah. can we do that, Steven? But le definitely leave the kids having sex in there. <laughs> what editor did that? Do you know, like, around what point in his career he wrote it? Like, no idea. was he overly confident? Was <laughs> no idea. His editor couldn't stand up to him. I'm sure when, when we do the Stephen King episode, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll find it. out about it. I probably still won't read it. I've read some <laughs> Stephen King books, but yeah. yeah, I love the movie too. I thought it was really good that the casting was amazing on that one yeah. too. The second one, again, it was eh, it was good. It was, but it, there was it was lacking in the fear that was really created in the first one. Yeah, I think the second one dragged a little bit, mm -hmm. um, and I think they they showed Pennywise a little bit too much too. He stopped being scary at some point. That, and I think the appeal of the movie was no longer Pennywise. It was just to go see the kids grown up. Yeah. It was to go see Bill Hader and Christine something. I can't and, remember her last name. Mr. Tumnus. Yeah, Mr. Tumnus, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's why you went and saw it. You didn't yeah. go see it because it was going to be Pennywise. Yeah, I so. mean, the grown up actors were really good, too. They they did yeah. great on that casting part, too. Yeah. Uh, my second honorable mention is The Dark Knight. Nah, yeah, The Dark Knight. Is this a book? No, this no, is no comic ba books. This is Batman. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's Batman. It's a it's comic books, and that's why I did an honorable mention. There's no specific Batman story that I read that they turned into a movie that I liked. I liked that an entire comic book lore can feed into a whole trilogy that they did. But again, specifically, The Dark Knight was great. Heath Ledger died doing the Joker because he's he was such a good uh, actor. He just kind of got too wrapped up into it, you know. And then and then Christian Bale will always be Batman to me. He's your Honestly, Batman. yeah. I, I know a lot of people that don't like him, which is astonishing to me. I, I've heard a lot of people saying that they like. Um, what's the new guy that was? Um, the the uh, Affleck. Ben Affleck. Oh, ben oh They no. liked Ben Affleck as Batman more, which I will say that Ben Affleck was a good Bruce Wayne, but I don't think he was a good Batman, and we're just going to drop it there. I also will go on a ledge and say I am very interested to see Robert Pattinson play Batman. Wait, this is a thing? Yep. He's going to be the next Batman. What? How did I miss this? Where I'm living under a rock. And from some of the stuff I've watched him in, and especially the new Nick, uh, um, not Nicholas Cage, <laughs> um, the guy that, the guy that directed The Dark Knight. Holy fuck! Oh, God. Thank yeah. Thank you for looking that up. Because why can't I remember his name? It's so it's. We're gonna scream when when we see it. Christopher Nolan. Good Christopher Lord. Nolan, Good not Lord. Nicholas Cage. Tyler, you <laughs> dumbass. Um, Christopher Nolan. Is doing another movie that has Robert Pattinson in it. Well, I guess I shouldn't say another because it's the only one. And I just I'm interested in the fact that he's pl Robert Pattinson is playing Batman in a non Christopher Nolan Batman film, mm. and he's also at the same time in a Christopher Nolan film where he looks like he's playing Bruce Wayne. It's so weird. It's so weird to me. And so I'm just, I'm interested. I know a lot of people are like, uh, fuck him. He was Edward. And it's like, dude, he was playing a role. I mean, he maybe, took a maybe job. he'll do okay. He's he doesn't done look other like stuff, Batman to And me. he's done other stuff really well, honestly. Yeah. So 
He shouldn't. It's not like the guy that played Anakin. That dude sucks. Oh, man. <laughs> and he was playing a role that sucked. <laughs> Hayden Christensen. Yeah, that dude. Yeah. I, I don't have any strong feelings on him. Yeah. My number three honorable mention is Good Omens. Nice. And this is also because I never read the book. I have the book. Didn't read it, though. And it's a miniseries, not a movie, right, on on Amazon. This was such a good miniseries to me. I loved it so much. And there's one specific part, I'm sure I talked about it on our Neil Gaiman episode, uh, that had me rolling on the ground laughing in in the series. When Remind me which part it is. It's the one. It's the is one. it when they kill Jesus? Yes. Okay. It's that part. That's my favorite fucking part. <laughs> I loved it so much. It was so funny. And so, like, yeah, uh, I, I I loved it. Uh, there's not much more to say because I didn't read the books. I don't I don't know how to compare them. I just thought it was good, and I, I like that he had so much control over it. Yeah, Neil Gaiman. Yeah, he 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 had the author's dream on this one. Like, yeah. he was instrumental in making it. He helped choose the cast. Like, I think he chose John Hamm or something, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but yeah, I did read the the books too. I like the books a lot better. I, something about the way it translated to on screen. I wasn't cracking up at the miniseries the way I was cracking up at the book. Yeah. Um, but I thought it I thought it was really good. I liked all the actors in it. It was fun. Yeah. It was a fun show to watch. Like Sure. It didn't take itself too seriously and Mm-mm. it just kind of it did its thing and it had fun and the end of the world never the felt end. so fun. Right. Right. <laughs> there you go. Nice. So those are my honorable mentions. Hannah, what are your honorable mentions? My honorable mentions are and the first one, I can't actually remember if I've read this book or not, uh, but Fight Club. I So this this movie came out in 1999, at which point I was like five years old. So I didn't see it until I was in college. Yeah, I just imagine little Hannah Lil running Han- around. Be- <laughs> little Hannah. <laughs> little Hannah <laughs> running around doing Fight Club. No. You, you don't talk about Fight Club. I'm little Hannah. I don't know why I sound like this. I'm from Brooklyn, apparently. Right? I'm born and raised in Oregon. Don't know where I got that accent. Oh, my God. I need to make a Lil' Hannah no, shirt. No, no Lil' Maybe Hannah little, shirt. You know, like, have bruised up face like Tyler Durden. I don't do Fight Club. But, no, I really, I liked the movie when I saw it. Um, and from what I know, I've read some other stuff by Chuck Polinick. I'm not sure how to say it. No, last. I thought that was good. Polinick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I like a lot of his work. Um, so I felt like the movie really captured the tone of his writing very well. Yeah. Um, and just kind of the dark, like fucked upness that <laughs> all of his books are like that. Um, yeah. They had slightly different endings, but I think this the spirit right. of the story was there. Um, and was, then, the, was the big twist the same? The, yeah. The big twist was totally okay. the same. Okay. The movie just ended a little bit more abruptly I feel like than mm. than the book um, but I made a note of it when I was looking into it I realized that uh, Project Mayhem's five rules work really well for us as a podcast you don't ask questions you don't ask questions no excuses no lies and you have to trust Tyler <laughs> 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 we're gonna put that up somewhere in here <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do it that's a good t-shirt too. that is a good t-shirt yeah. trust Tyler between <laughs> Lewis and Lovecraft you don't ask questions you don't ask questions no excuses no lies you have to trust Tyler, Tyler. <laughs> and then I, and then at the bottom there will be a little girl in a karate outfit. Yes. Oh, I did taekwondo. So there you I, go. I guess Do I'll, you have a picture of that? Yeah, I'll get, I'll get a picture of that. Yes. I was at like I did it in high school. This shirt is happening, people. <laughs> <laughs> so my second honorable mention, totally different type of story. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird how you're jumping around like right? this. Right. I I don't. The Devil Wears Prada by Lauren Weisberger. So, wow. have you seen the movie? Yeah, the movie Becca's is made me so watch it. good. Yeah, the movie, I guess. It's, sure. It's also like slightly different. They they change a couple of the names from the books and some plot points, but I think just Anne Hathaway, Meryl Streep, Emily Blunt, they they embodied the spirit of the yeah. book. Emily Blunt, this Blunt, this was like the beginning of her kind of blowing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, I mean, she was great in that movie, and then she just kind of shot up after that. Yeah, I think it was decently early in Anne Hathaway's career too like she was already a thing from the princess diaries and stuff how does it really compare though to the book I mean I I think I saw the movie first so I may be biased but I like the movie better oh yeah yeah that's like I like the book a lot but I don't know it just it's so funny I find the movie so funny yeah I love it 
all the all What's the actors funny are- about it because i'm a dude i didn't get majority of it i kind of was like i was in one of those like boyfriend uh coma states where oh I'm that's like, why you had to go watch it yeah it's, oh. i was with becca and she's like hey, we're gonna watch this and i'm like fine as long as you know like i don't know we get to go have fun <laughs> right or something I don't something I like the you know the workaholic industryness you know poking fun at all those people who are like go 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 all the time like oh we write about fashion it's so important like yeah everybody's killing themselves to get this job like blah 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 and then you have Anne Hathaway's character who's very like not that kind of person at all she's just doing it to advance her career sure uh kind of the down-to-earth person um, and then she yeah. becomes a terrible, terrible. Then she becomes terrible a terrible person. person and realizes it and has to to take herself out of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. I I, I like that one. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's a legally blonde book. Otherwise, I would have chosen that. I thought it was based on a book. I don't think it is. Uh, write me if I'm wrong, and I will read Legally Blonde ASAP. I think you should look it up right now. I See, I'm it, pretty sure it's based off of a book. And I only say that because I thought I remember, like, Becca made me watch it, and I was like, what? Someone wrote a whole book about this? And I, I was just, I, you're, like, really into this. You're looking so oh, I'm reading. Oh, my God. You might be right. Really? Oh, God. Now I have to go. Sorry, guys. I can't finish this episode. I have to go read <laughs> Legally Blonde. <laughs> <laughs> well, next time we do, when we do part two. Well, yeah, I'll update it. And we'll I'll be do, like, guys, Legally we'll do, Blonde, the book was amazing or it sucked. We'll do our favorite sequels <laughs> right. episode. And it'll be the sequel to this episode. Where we just do more books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, my third runner up, Jurassic Park. <laughs> which I haven't actually, I didn't read it until a few years ago, actually. Yeah. So. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. It's completely different from the movies. Not really. The, really? It's it's gorier oh. than the movies. And I haven't read... I There's a sequel to Jurassic Park, the book. The Lost World. Yeah, which I haven't read that one. But Jurassic Park, the first book, the plot is pretty similar. The characters are pretty similar. The ending is a little bit different. Oh, really? Um, How? Well, it just goes a little bit farther in the book. Like at the end of the book, the Costa Rican Air Force, which I don't think is a real thing in real life, but mm. they like drop napalm on the island what? to try to like destroy it. Um, but then like it's alluded to that some of the dinosaur babies made it off the island and are roaming around Costa Rica eating chickens. Ooh. Yeah. So, and I think that becomes a thing in like other movies is that the dinosaurs get lit. In the Lost Lose, right? World, I know. I mean, there's a there's another. Well, in the Lost World, yeah, there's another area of the island that the dinosaurs are just roaming free on, and then um, and they go there. And then in the third one, which I think is mostly bullshit, but they took things from the two yeah. books. There's a second island where they did all their tests and shit, and that's the island that they go to. And then in the new ones. I don't. I I saw Lost or I saw Jurassic World. I never saw the second one, mm. but I I feel like from the previews I saw that it was like blowing up. So maybe that's maybe they finally did the they napalm. Napalmed it after five movies. <laughs> In they finally got years. where Michael Crichton was trying to go. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I I really liked the book and it was interesting reading it after already seeing the movie. Like as yeah. a kid, um, it's it's a little bit darker. Uh, obviously, it goes more into like the sciencey yeah. type stuff. Yeah. Um, it's a little more philosophical, which it's hard to be really philosophical in a movie anyway. But it's yeah, got it way is. more the like, you know, Doctor Malcolm going into yeah like, into like spiels. the the like narcissism of trying to engineer and play God and stuff like that. So, um, I which thought- I think is a really cool theme and. Yeah, I, I always, I was, I knew about that part that the book does get into that more. And mm-hmm. I've always been interested in that because you read lists where it's like, you know, the top greatest sci fi books of all time. And you see Jurassic Park show up on that. No. And you're like, what? Jurassic Park's not a sci fi. You know, like in, as totally a 90s is. kid, as a 90s kid, it's not a sci fi, you know? Yeah. But then when you start to read about the book, you realize. No, he's it's it's a sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and Michael Crichton, correct me if I'm wrong. He also like wrote Westworld, right? Like, I don't. Know I don't about think he that. wrote the book. I think he wrote like a movie version of it back then. So he's kind of like he's. That's very much his theme. Is like 
don't freaking try to play God <laughs> and bring back things or create things that you yeah. can't control. Let's just be happy with who we are. Yeah. yeah. Just look at dinosaur bones and museums. Let's and, focus on making straws that don't kill turtles. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just do that, guys. If yeah. you can't do that, you, you're you not no match you, for we're dinosaurs. We're not ready for dinosaurs no. <laughs> if we can't help the turtles. <laughs> right. But <laughs> I think Michael Crichton's a visco girl. <laughs> right. But he was writing this in the 90s. So, I mean, it... I think we've kind of followed the path that yeah. he was warning against. It's like, no, you should not be cloning things. Or, <laughs> right? Everything we're doing now. Yeah. He gave us too many ideas yeah. in his books. We don't like to heed warnings. We're yeah. just like, nah, well, we won't make those mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The big ones. Number one for Tyler Clausen is Princess Bride. <laughs> Inconceivable. Now, here's the thing. I will admit I have not read the book, though. Okay. All right. The only reason why this is number one is because this is my all-time favorite movie of all time. Like, 100%, I think it is a masterpiece. I think everything about this movie is the greatest ever. There's no other movie that has ever done a better job at being a movie (laughs) than this movie. Princess Bride is the greatest. It is the greatest. It's funny. It's dramatic. It's got it. It just it's going to last forever. People are always going to quote it. It's perfect. It's the perfect movie. I have no complaints. So the book has got to be good, right? Right. <laughs> and I have to admit, I don't know that I've read the book either. I think I read part of it. Yeah. I think my friend and I were trying to like do a monologue from it or something. Oh, really? Yeah, right. Nice. So I've read part of it, but I have not read the whole thing. I agree. It is one of the best movies of all time. I think I think it warrants, and, and I'm not saying this facetiously like, uh, one day we'll do an episode. <laughs> but like, I legitimately, it, I want to do an episode on it because uh, from some of the background stuff that Becca's talked about, it's an interesting story of how it was made, why it was made, and all of that. And so I'd love to go into it and really get into the origins of it. And this guy wrote a really good book well enough to where, I mean, it's just a classic movie. It is a classic. Yeah. So that's why this is my number one on this list because it, I just, it is my favorite movie and it's based off this book. So it has to be at the very, even if the book's not good, the adaptation of it into the movie is well done. So that's why it's my favorite. Nice. What's your favorite moment from that movie? Oh my God, there's so many good ones. <laughs> I like, well, the one that we quote a lot in, in my family is when they're on the the ship and they keep rhyming. Yeah. And he's like, no more rhymes now. I mean it. Anybody, Anybody want to be that? Yeah. Becca constantly, she and I will constantly start arguing like Miracle Max and yeah. the wife. <laughs> I'm not a witch, I'm your wife. <laughs> Oh, we also do the marriage brings us together today. So, so guys, we just found a new format for the show. Every week, we're just going to reenact the entire show, the entire movie of Princess Bride. So come on back next week for the second time we do this. Love to love. It's such a good show. It's It's such a good good, movie. And like to the point where like part of me wants a new one, right? Because I just want to see... Here's what I want. I want the exact same movie. I want the exact same timing. I want the exact same dialogue, camera shots, cinematic, everything. But with Chris Pratt as uh, the main guy. What? As Wesley. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I want. You want them to recreate an entire, like, multi-million dollar movie just to put Chris Pratt in that Not just Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt is the main character. And then have uh, the cast change also. But they have to do the exact same thing as the original cast. You know this is impossible, right? But if anyone could get it done, Princess Bride could. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I uh, even if they did it and even if everyone said it was great, I would be too afraid to watch it. Really? I would just be scared that it would ruin it for me because I love Princess, we, I watch it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So much. It's so good. Um, so, yeah. yeah. That, that's a good number one. Yeah. So, so my What's number one. Hannah's number one. The king of all oh, book. I, th- I thought you were saying the king. No, I was no, like, what the fuck no. Is that? The king of all book to movie adaptations. Yeah. The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yes. Lord of the Rings. I love these movies so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I'm going to New Zealand next month. Yeah. 
I mean, I want to go be... I want to hike to Mordor. Like, are you gonna do the actual hike? I'm gonna do the hike. I'm not gonna do the whole thing because it's like a multi-day crossing. Yeah, I'm gonna do the twelve out or twelve mile version. I watched. <laughs> I watched a video series where these two guys legit did the, the hike, like the Sam and Frodo one. Yeah, and they dressed as hobbits and they walked barefoot. Oh man, they did. They did it. Okay, they love Lord of the Rings more than I do. <laughs> and they they got a movie prop ring and went and buried it on the mountain and you know like they're like hey if you ever got if you guys ever go to the mountain you could find the ring there find the ring well now i may have to devote a few more days to that that part of the country yeah but no i i love lord of the rings and i have to admit i've only read part one Uh of tolkien's trilogy uh i'll probably finish it eventually because we're gonna do a tolkien episode eventually um no we're gonna be a lewis a C.S. Lewis-based podcast without and any never Tolkien. talk about Tolkien. <laughs> My controversial opinion on this, though. Yeah. And feel free to chew me out. Uh-huh. I think the movies are better than the books. Ooh. I think they are more entertaining. I think Tolkien needed an editor. We're talking about Stephen King needing an editor. <laughs> no, Tolkien needed someone to come along and be like, no, we don't need this total tangent on Tom Bombadil, yeah. who has no relevance to the plot whatsoever. He doesn't do anything <laughs> so Tolkien's hey, book hey Tolkien hey we've been in this room for like an entire chapter can we just can we just leave the room leave can the we room. just go outside the room you want me to explain the entire <laughs> Rivendell area no 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 nope nope just, just a uh, just a couple quick sentences of what the what the area looks like a couple quick sentences of what the the river looks like as it cas- cascades down in the easterly quarters and in the third hundred year of the third ad- nope, 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 Tolkien, Tolkien, just, just a quick, the river was nice. Can His we just- sentences span <laughs> multiple pages. He, yeah. he has had a sentence that lasted more than one page it's, in the book. It's insane. How do you, that's so many run-on <laughs> sentences. Like, geez, man. But no, I mean, it took me a couple times to get into it. I tried to read it when I was a kid, when the movies had just come out. And I was like, oh, damn, I'm going to read this book because it must be amazing. And then it was like 12 pages in and the plot hadn't started yet. And so I was like, I can't do this. (laughs) (laughs) I think I I probably read the part one in in college or something, or at least late high school. I just listened to it. I literally, Uh, I won't be able to read it. it. This is something that I have learned about myself, especially having started this podcast. It is really hard for me to read books. I can. I'm not illiterate. And I do enjoy sitting down and reading a book every once in a while. But it's not something that I can do a lot. I have ADD. I have a small business. I go to school. I have a, a full-time job. I'm writing my own books. I'm, I got... Guys, I got so many video games I got to play. I just picked up <laughs> Magic the Gathering. I'm doing Dungeons and Dragons. I have other podcasts that I want to work on. I got really exhausted just <laughs> listening to that. <laughs> when the flip am I supposed to read a whole book? Let alone a three-part trilogy. So I, I've learned that for me, like, look, I love books. So I, I will listen to a book. I will listen to it on my commute. If I'm at my full-time job just doing mindless work, I'll do that. Doing dishes, I'll listen there. Like, I think that, that there's so much that, like, listening to books is is my thing. As, but even if that wasn't the thing, I would never, ever in my life be able to read Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I ever. can't believe you were able to listen to it. It seems like that would be easier to get, like, lost on daydreaming. Here's Here's the best part about it. Number one, no work, just... You just let some old English guy speak to you, right? <laughs> also, you just push a button and you're like the next chapter. <laughs> <laughs> and then the pillars came up from the ground and extended 100 feet and I went into the darkness that was there since the third era. Skip. And then so, Gimli so jumped aboard. And, <laughs> and then Gimli jumped aboard and began to kill the orcs. Yes, this is where I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah then i guess it you're not against my interpretation that the the movies, the movies are more entertaining agreed i think they retain a lot of the spirit of the books yeah a lot of the important world building stuff yeah they really bring it to life peter jackson did a freaking amazing job yeah like they invented stuff in for, the movie yeah. industry for this movie like yep. so so much we technology not, that we, we take would for granted. not have the the graphic uh the movie effects, the visual effects, 
the digital effects that we have yeah. today if it wasn't for Lord of the Rings. And the commitment of all of those people to go live in a foreign country, basically, for yeah. like three- 10 years. Well, they didn't all have to go act for, sure. for 10 but, years, I but mean, yeah. They, they started but, the process of this movie in like 96, 97? Yeah, the, the late 90s. And then it went, it, the last movie didn't come out till what, 2006, 2007? True, but I think they they wrapped up filming them before then, because I mm. think they filmed it like, we're going all the way. Sure. We're, we're not going home, guys. Yeah. Still, though, commitment to a character yeah. for 10, 10 years easy. From the day you start filming to the day you're done, like doing all of the your marketing and promotions and stuff, like that's it was that's a, a lot. Yeah. I, and I mean, it was like a physical movie to film. I mean, yeah. Aragorn almost died. He broke his toe and yep. they kept it in the film. He he bought his horse from, or he bought his his stunt lady's horse or something. Did he really? I didn't. Yeah, know that. it was nice. Yeah. I, it might have been Arwen's stunt stunt double that mm. he bought the horse for her. Yeah, it's just. I don't know. I think it's a really cool movie, and I I watch it all the and time. And here's here's the <laughs> thing: if you really like the the Lord of the Rings movies, a really good podcast to listen to is Best Friends Playbook. Oh yeah, because they they did they did two episodes. They did on two it. episodes: Frodo and Sam and and Merry and Pippin. Right? Oh, they did three and Legolas and Gimli. Oh, okay. They did three episodes on it, and it's really cool because they're both kind of in the movie world. One's an actor. I can't remember what Crystal does, but I, I know she's down in L.A. doing a lot of stuff. And they, um, if Crystal, if you're like an actor too, I'm really sorry if I <laughs> just demeaned your entire career. Well, she wasn't on Parks and Rec. So yeah, well, we were going to watch her. <laughs> I wasn't going to throw that one at her. <laughs> sorry, Crystal. Yeah, uh, but they did a really good job of just like talking about the friendships and talking about kind of how the movie was made and a lot of the background stuff on that because they're interested in that and so i know i've talked about their show before i i really do i i like their show a lot and so um i just wanted to give it that quick shout out like we can only talk about it for what five ten minutes most they talk about it for three hours <laughs> right so uh, well and that's a good segue into our our closing then Yes. Because um, we, we mentioned that we did a collab at the beginning, but I don't think we said mm, that it was no. with Best Friends Playbook. It, we did. We sat down. They're down in L.A. We're here in Oregon, but we were able to do a, a, um, a video chat and actually record a podcast together. Um, and we decided to do an episode on Handmaid's Tale, which... Super fun, fun uh, book, guys. Tyler's been so depressed since uh, reading it. Well, that, and I fucking hate men. God. <laughs> Like, I'm so mad at myself for, you know, like, <laughs> oppressing women all the time. Tyler's got a lot of white male guilt going on right now. <laughs> uh, no, it was fun to collab. Um, the book, we it's a little bit different in format than what we generally do. You know, we, we dive into authors. Yeah, and, we didn't do a Margaret Atwood episode no. yet. Um, we we basically did an episode of their show, and, and we're promoting it on our our show and that's not to say that it's not anything that we wouldn't do it's it's still us we're still there uh so it it, they're really cool people and it was really interesting i'll say for me to be able to sit in a room i'm using air quotes sit in a room with three ladies and listen to them talk about this book and i i know i didn't hold my tongue very well (laughs) but i really did try to hear what you guys are saying and listen to what you guys are saying and not be like well as a man Tyler's going to be a great CEO someday. He, why? He's already passed the don't condescend to women 101 <laughs> lesson. I told you guys when we were doing the the setup like I'm so afraid I'm going to end up saying something super like misogynistic and like <laughs> I'm afraid not that I am I'm just you never know like how you are until other people tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Handmaid's Tale is just full of landmines for men. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was really cool to to listen to your guys' opinions on that. It was fun to do. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so so you guys, the listeners, will be able to listen to that soon. Yeah, it should be coming out in the in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Um, and we'll have it on our our channel as well. We'll have it on ours, and then I you'll yeah. hear it in that episode. But I highly suggest you guys go check out their show um, and see what they're up to. Um, it's a little bit longer, too, of an episode. Yeah, we, we, we talked to, a lot. We try to go for an hour, a little bit less if we can. This episode was close to two hours long. Um, so definitely enjoy the 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 terrible, terrible story <laughs> that is The Handmaid's Tale. Um, 
All right, hold on. I got to I got to press some buttons here. Got to Thank you for making the noises that I that would be made if we were in a 1980s <laughs> sci-fi. I am living in the past. <laughs> I was not alive in the 80s, but <laughs> I am I am living it. Um where can they find us? Uh, they can find you guys. They, I said they because I'm reading this. Uh, <laughs> they is you guys. Yeah, you guys, our listeners, can find us at lewisandlovecraft at gmail.com if you want to email us. You should. We don't get nearly enough emails. We don't emails. get any emails ever. Please email us. Just say hi. Just tell us what you think. Uh, give us ideas for books yeah. or authors that you like. Anything. Just write, a, just write a story or just write a story and send it to us. We'll yeah. fucking read it. We still need to read that one lady's story because oh, it's super yeah. sexual. It's a really good story, though. <laughs> if you're listening, I love it a lot. Uh, you can find us at, on Facebook uh, at facebook.com backslash Lewis and Lovecraft. And then on Instagram at Lewis and Lovecraft. And then finally, this is this is cool. We do have lewisandlovecraft.com. We yep. got the domain because thank you very much to the book nook. Yep. Um, Megan and Paul, our biggest supporters. They're so cool. And uh, that will take you to our website. That will also take you to where you can listen to our show if for some reason you're not listening on a podcast thing Hi, right Grandma. now. Hi, um, Grandma. <clears throat> you can see pictures of us. Um, and another cool little teaser. We're 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 working really hard, you guys, on getting some merch out there. We're I'm not saying when it's coming out. I'm not saying even what's coming out. But we're working really hard. So that will be also where you can go to get some merch. Sweet. Um, and then as usual, we we want to thank one of our great friends, Jake Basson, for our awesome intro music. We love him. We love his music. He's great. You can check him out on soundcloud.com slash Jake Basson, B-A-S-S-E-N. I was just showing Hannah the my very first podcast of all time, seven years ago, and Jake did the music for that one, too. Uh, yeah, I was like jamming out to it in the, the studio. He's like, you know who did this music? I'm like, who? He's like, Jake Basson. I'm like, damn. <laughs> He's been He's with me legend. from the beginning. From the beginning. Yeah. Guys, remember to subscribe. Please remember to subscribe, and that way you can get the newest episodes. Um, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff that we're going to be doing in the next year. Like, we got so many cool ideas and plans and collaborations. Uh, Best Friends Playbook is just the beginning. So subscribe so you make sure you don't miss anything. Right. Um, and as always, rate and review us, especially on iTunes. Uh, I think Ty- Tyler is the stats guy, but a lot of you listeners are listening to us on iTunes. So On, on Apple Podcasts, that is 52% of, of our, our listeners. listeners. Right. So 52% of our listeners should be leaving reviews on Apple iTunes. Do it, guys. Half of you right now. And I- the other half just go over there and write a review anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, it's... We should have way more reviews than we do. And we're not saying you're, you're dropping the ball, but you're th- dropping the there's ball, a guys. ball on the ground. Maybe pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. Um, and then the last thing, the most important thing that you can do if you like our show and, and want to support us, tell a friend. Yeah, that is the best way to help us out. 100%. I like to tell my friends when I listen to good podcasts. So. I tell literally everyone Tyler I talk does. to about this. Tyler I, talks to more people than me, though. That's true. I do. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to be it for this week's episode of Between Lewis and Lovecraft. Make sure you come back and uh, hang out with us again. And remember the main rules of Between Lewis and Lovecraft. You don't ask questions. You don't ask questions. No excuses. No lies. And Hannah? Hannah? You want me to do it? Yeah, what'd you say? You have. You have to trust Tyler. Yeah! (laughs) Yeah!